Buenas, buenas, y bienvenido a otro episodio de Med Student Spanish, el único podcast donde se puede aprender español para el hospital y también para la calle. Somos los Vatos Médicos, yo soy Esteban, y estamos aquí otra vez con mi compadre, que pero Buenas, yo soy Adrián de León y nosotros somos los Vatos Médicos. Entonces, Esteban, ¿qué tal? Pues todo bien conmigo, aparte de que el mundo es un desmadre, ¿no? <risa> sí, sin duda. ¿Y tú cómo te va? Ah, más o menos. Ya sabes cómo está el tercer año de la escuela de medicina. I'm in the middle of third year and I'm on medicine rotation right now. I'm on house staff, so ya sabes. Más, yeah. Yeah. Pero vale la pena, ¿no? Sí, tiene razón. Supongo que no me lo puedo quedar. <laughs> sí, se puede. Sí, se puede. Ya basta, cabrón. No. <laughs> Entonces, valor y al toro. Esteban, calladita. Te ves más bonita. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no me das ese mal de ojo, eh. <laughs> All right. We better stop before Esteban gets himself into some problemas. Uh, welcome back to the pod, everyone. Before we begin, we just want to say thank you to all of our listeners and supporters. We've heard your feedback and we're excited to make some new changes. Yeah, we really do appreciate the support and the feedback. The first couple episodes have been maybe a little lengthy or disorganized. We've tried some different things, but we've gotten great feedback. We've adapted the format a little bit, made some changes to hopefully just make it shorter, more high yield episodes, and then mostly just keeping myself and my rambling to a minimum. So that's also Adrian's new job. <laughs> I don't know, man. I fall into that just as much as you do. Basically, though, yeah, our new goal is going to be to keep these between 20 to 30 minutes long. I mean, that was our original goal. And then, mm -hmm. you know, stuff happened and we just ramble. But from now on, <laughs> from now on, we're going to try to stick to doing a brief intro with some slang phrases, jump right into the Spanish dialogue based on the specific chief complaint. Yeah, and then we'll do that whole dialogue in Espanol, sin interrupciones, and then we'll go back, break it down line by line, discuss the relevant vocab, phrases, and tips for doing the history and the physical. And then finally, we'll finish with a quick word, maybe about the workup management of whatever medical problem, or at least just finish out the, the clinical scenario, and then give some recommendaciones on música, películas, novelas, or um, whatever else we're listening to or watching to help further the Spanish practice. All right, entonces empezamos. So the topic for today is going to be abdominal pain or uh, dolor de estómago. So this is kind of like a nitpicky thing that we've got to figure out. So when someone comes in with dolor de estómago, that's really stomach pain. Yeah. And the more general is like abdominal pain. So dolor abdominal is the more correct medical term. Yeah. Most people consider their stomach to be the, <laughs> abdomen. the entire abdomen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's one thing where you might run into someone saying that they have dolor de estomago and you're going in thinking it's literally stomach and it could be abdominal pain. That's a good point. So the medical yeah. term would be dolor abdominal, but most people mm -hmm. would say dolor de estomago. Mm -hmm. So before we go into our case, let's quickly break down some of the phrases in that intro and find out why Esteban es un cabrón. <laughs> un cabrón. That's a good thing, right? That means like friend or something, right? I'm not going to say yes to that only because I don't want our listener to say that to patients. <laughs> But okay, so so we all know by the intro now. And then Esteban said, uh, estoy aquí con mi hermano. And hermano, I'm like, cabrón, really does mean friend. The direct translation is going to be brother. 
in Spanish, we use hermano, hermana, and the same way we call our good friends, bro, brother, sister. Sometimes you'll hear it shortened down to like, paso, mano? like I've heard mano, mano plenty of times. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So like hermano de otra madre, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like brother from another mother. Um, <laughs> Doesn't and, sound as good in Spanish. <laughs> and then I asked Esteban, ¿qué tal? Which again is our informal way of saying what's up. And I reply, pues, todo bien conmigo. Well, everything's good with me. And let's quickly just touch on the word pues, because we've had a couple people ask about why we use words like pues and entonces so much to start our sentences. And the reality is that we should probably do less of these because they're basically like filler kind of transition words, just like I just use. And we tend to use those when we're thinking about what we want to say. Yeah. And we also do this in English too. And that's been some good feedback. And even just listening to ourselves talk on these episodes, I realize how much we do. So we are going to try to cut our filler words out in English and Spanish, but pues and entonces are pretty commonly used, I think. And we all use filler words. And so pues essentially means well. So like pues Mm -hmm. todo bien conmigo, like, well, everything's Mm -hmm. good with me. Yeah, exactly. And then entonces is very similar. People will commonly use it to start their sentences. It basically means so. And like at the intro, I said, entonces empezamos, meaning so, let's get started. Entonces, back to the intro dialogue. I said, uh, todo bien conmigo, aparte de que el mundo es un desmadre, está un desmadre. So apart, aparte de que. So apart from the fact that El Mundo es un desmadre, it's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> un desmadre, or I guess you could say un desastre. Un desastre. Right. To which I replied, sin duda, without a doubt. And this yeah, is probably it, more of a professional version of a huevo, because we keep saying that. And I, dude, I'm cringing at the thought of like our uh, first and second year medical students going in for their like clinics or something and they're gonna hey que pedo way that'll be part of our new year's resolution is we will stop saying filler words in english and spanish <laughs> and we will try to make it a little more tranquilo and profesional yeah for sure sin duda <laughs> so just to round out the intro dialogue so i asked adrian y tu como te va how's it going with you and he was like hey más o menos more or less it's going okay and then he explained why by saying you know, ya sabes cómo está el tercer año de, de la escuela de medicina. You know, you know how it is the third year of, of medical school, which is fair. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. So ya sabes. So you already know cómo está, how it is. El tercer año de escuela de medicina, the third year of medical school. And for those of you who've already done your clinical rotations when you're on house staff on third year, it's just so dense and so busy, but it's also a blast i mean i'm having a great time yeah you do you learn a lot and the rounding the long hours rounding on house staff can can sort of drain on you it feels like we're always under a microscope every time we have to present patients and stuff so i understand i still don't see why i'm a a, a cabron man i was just trying to give you some encouragement right i was like por cierto like for sure um pero vale la pena right like it's worth the pain yeah, and I, I agree with that saying tiene razón meaning literally you have a reason you're right no me lo puedo quejar, and quejar means complain, so we throw our poder verb in there, no me lo puedo quejar, I can't complain about it. Entonces, ¿por qué se enojaste? Uh, so far, I've just been supportive, right? Yeah, but then you started jodiendo conmigo with the social Chavez, si se puede, man. So I said cabrón, and then cabrón can mean many different things, depending on how you say it. Um, anything from joking around with your friend, like, oh, you bastard, all the way down to a-hole. 
So here I was just using it in the friendly way. Uh-huh, sure you were. Yeah. Sure you meant cabrón to mean hermano or brother. Yeah, but you know, when you kept it going and gave me the sarcastic valor y el toro, maybe it might have changed meanings. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. But I have heard that that expression, valor y el toro, is like, you know, have courage and face the bull. But okay, to be fair, that might have been a little bit condescending. But <laughs> did it did it really warrant the uh, calladita te ves más bonita? Hey, man, I could have said callate, which is just basically in order to shut up. But instead, I said calladita, so quiet, te ves más bonita. Like, you look better when you're not talking. That is so much worse than just telling me callate. But uh, <laughs> I think we got two cabrones here. And, yeah. you know, you, you, but but the, the worst part was you finished it off by giving me that mal de ojo or the, the <laughs> evil eye, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Fair enough. Although we might actually be able to tie in something that is somewhat medical and educational with that one being said. What, that ojo is an anatomical term for eye? <laughs> Ay, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, and more interestingly, mal de ojo is actually a term that goes way back to like some of the superstitious uh, beliefs of ancient Greece, Rome, and then later Europe and Latin America. Back then, they used to believe that giving someone uh, mal de ojo or the evil eye was like putting a curse on someone and could cause them to have bad luck or misfortune. Okay. I mean, I didn't know all that history, but I do remember we took a Latino healthcare elective and we had a guest lecture from this curandero which is basically a healer or a shaman in the traditional Latin American indigenous uh, medicine beliefs. And here we go he, into this, the brujerias. All right. The brujerias. Exactly. Yeah, so right. this, this curandero, he was talking to us about some beliefs to be aware of in our either indigenous or just like Spanish speaking populations. And one of them was this mal de ojo, right? And it's like, it's a real <laughs> thing. Like it's some brujeria stuff, but apparently little kids and babies are like super susceptible to this kind of brujeria. Oh, geez. Wow. Man, not bad for a gringo. <laughs> but yeah, we should explain the verb curar. That's meaning to cure or heal. The practice of curanderismo, that's like the traditional practice of naturopathic homeo or not so much homeo, but naturopathic, natural healing medicine that you, you see in Latin America and even some of the U.S. Right. Um, it's going all the way back to the Aztecs and Mayans, who at least we think had this idea that physical illness was just a manifestation of either a wounded or unbalanced spirit. And sometimes it was punishment coming from the gods. Dude, that's exactly what this coronero was saying is like, you know, apparently they used to say that the treatment, if if someone gave you a, a, like a really bad mal de ojo or like they gave your baby a mal de ojo, the treatment for it was to like crack a raw egg into some water, like a glass of water and s- sleep with it under your bed. And if you woke up and the egg had been cooked, then you knew that someone had given you the mal de ojo curse and apparently you were healed if it, if it cooked. Oh, geez. That's wild. Yeah. I'm not so sure about that whole raw egg thing, though. Like my wife would kill me if I tried to do that. <laughs> I still have it in my book. Maybe there's an alternative uh, treatment we can look up. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Next week, we're going to fact check this one and we'll make sure we get back to you guys. <laughs> Regardless, though, it is a good point to make that there are plenty of Latinos who still share some of these beliefs in like traditional curanderismo medicine. And it doesn't mean that they aren't open to our modern medical treatments, but it's important to ask about any terapias naturales that they might be taking. Specifically, I feel like with my family growing up, it was like rubbing alcohol on everything. There was a lot of salves and balms that my grandma would just make. And they're usually just like a recipe that's passed down for something to help with your arthritis. She used to do like rubbing alcohol 
wraps on her arthritic joints. And usually she'd put some kind of plant or capsaicin with like chili peppers wrapped in rubbing alcohol as like your vector to get it transdermally in, in a, a wrap on your hands. That's like capsaicin going into the skin transdermally, which is basically what we give people capsaicin for when they've got pruritus that they can't control. Another thing is Vicks Vapor Rub. I was going to say all like, I didn't want to stereotype, but like, I swear Vicks is uh, is one of those home remedy cures for everything. Oh, dude, I grew up lathered in Vicks Vapor Rub. It was like <laughs> Vicks Vapor Rub. If I had any kind of congestion, if I had any kind of stomach ache, it was Pepto-Bismol and Sprite. <laughs> like those are is like- Is that a Latino thing? Is that a, like a Mexican thing or is that a Latino thing? Like Vicks? Dude, I have no idea. I, <laughs> I, It's just one of those things I like, I grew up that way. I have no idea if there was science behind it or, <laughs> I mean, obviously not. Yeah, VIX is for everything. It's yeah, like Vicks the OG CBD everything. oil, basically. Yeah, exactly. If I had a headache, put a little VIX on your upper lip, go lay down. Like, is yeah. So VIX, rubbing uh, alcohol, oh. Sprite, you're going to see it. So ask about the, like, you know, terapias naturales that they, yep. that they might be taking. And this goes for non-Latino patients too, right? I've seen plenty of people like the gentleman in our headache episode who maybe on Warfarin and they're taking some weird herbs that their crazy uncle gave them like St. John's mm -hmm. wort, you know, mm -hmm. it's a CYP450 inducer. So it can affect the metabolism. It's a good thing to ask. It's a good habit to ask Latino or not Latino patients, but yeah. Oh, crap. Man, we did exactly what we said we weren't going to do. And now we're like halfway through our episode. Still haven't gotten to the medical Spanish part. And uh, geez. All right. Well, <laughs> you started it by giving me that mal de ojo. And now I got to go put a rying under my bed. So. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we take a quick break and listen to me awkwardly read one of these advertisements um, from our sponsors. In the meantime, Adrian and I will regroup. We will take some deep breaths. And when we return, we'll uh, talk about how to evaluate a patient with dolor de estomago. All right, here's our case. We have a 16-year-old male que presenta con dolor de estómago. Dale, Esteban. Okay. Buenos días. Yo me llamo Esteban Ferraro. Soy estudiante de medicina. Usted, señor, es el Ernesto Rafael Guevara de la Serna. Sí, soy él. Pero mis amigos me llaman Che. Okay, mucho gusto, Che. Igualmente. Okay, muy bien. Uh, pero para que usted sabe, y supongo que ya sabes... Mi español está como muy limitado, entonces en caso de que no podríamos entendernos, hay acceso a una de las máquinas de traducir. Oh, ok, entiendo. Mejor que hablaremos uh, cara a cara porque yo no confío en las pinches máquinas ni en los teléfonos. Ok, como, como usted quiera. Entonces, ¿en qué le podemos ayudar? Bueno, hace dos días he tenido este dolor aquí en el estómago. Mm, lo siento. ¿Y dónde está exactamente el dolor? Pues está como exactamente aquí. Mm, ok, aquí en la, la cuadra derecha y inferior. Sí, claro, pero por favor, no lo toques. Uh, ok, a ahorita no lo tocaré, pero en un momentico tengo que examinarlo y le prometo que que lo haré con mucho cuidado, pero si sí tengo que uh, examinarle. Ok, yo, ok, está bien, está bien. Gracias. Y claro que vamos a darle medicamento para el dolor, pero primero tenemos que investigar qué está causando este dolor. Me parece que el dolor es peor cuando se mueve, ¿no? 
Sí, sí, bastante. Y, y el viaje al hospital fue muy terrible. Mm, me imagino. ¿Y me puede describir cómo se sienta el dolor? Pues al principio solo tenía estos como calambres en el estómago, como cólico. Mm. Pero ahora el dolor es más constante y muy agudo. Ok, entiendo. ¿Y ha cambiado también el lugar del dolor? Pues sí, al principio empezó aquí por arriba con calambres, pero después mm. se movió abajo y a la derecha. Ah, ok. ¿Y el dolor se irradia a otra parte del cuerpo como la espalda o el inguinal? No, no. Ahorita solo es aquí mismo. Ok. ¿Y usted tiene algunos otros síntomas como náusea, diarrea, tal vez estreñimiento o dolor al orinar o defecar? Pues sí, sí tengo náusea y de hecho yo vomité esta mañana también. Ah, y, y no fue sangre en, en el vómito, ¿verdad? No, no, no estaba sangrado. Ok, ¿y, y se puede comer y, y beber normal? No he comido nada desde antier porque la náusea me, me molesta, pero tampoco he podido beber. Ah, ok, qué lástima. ¿Usted tiene otros problemas médicos? No, estoy bien sano. Ok. ¿Alguna vez en su vida ha tenido cirugía? No, hombre, ya te dije, pero tengo buena salud. Ok, entiendo. ¿Tiene alergias? No. ¿Usted fuma o toma alcohol? Todos tenemos lo vicio, ¿qué no? Mm. Uh, sí fumo los cigarros cubanos, pero no tomo alcohol. Ok, entiendo. ¿Y ¿Hay alguien más que está enfermo como familia o amigos? Ninguno, y, y no creo que fue algo que comí tampoco. Ok. ¿Y hay algo que empeora o mejora este dolor? Pues todo lo hace peor. Cualquier mm. movimiento, comida, todo. La única cosa que lo mejora es cuando me acosto y, y no me muevo. Ok, entendido. Sin embargo, es muy importante que hagamos un examen físico. Ok, está bien, dale. Gracias. A ver, primero voy a escuchar con la estetoscopia y ahora presiono muy suavemente en las otras cuadras, que no se duele primero, ¿ok? Ah, ok, eso sí me duele. Oh, lo siento. Entonces, cuando empujo aquí en la, en la izquierda, ¿también duele en la derecha o, o en la izquierda? Sí, así es, en la derecha. Ok. Y la última prueba es que voy a presionar muy suave y lentamente aquí mismo. ¡Ay, hijo! Sí, esto sí duele, cabrón. Ok, ok, lo siento, pero necesito que me digas si el dolor es peor ahora, con presión, o cuando me quite la mano, ¿listo? Sí, sí. Ok. ¡Ay, carajo! Es peor cuando se quita la mano. Ok, ok, está bien, lo siento, lo siento, Che. Gracias por permitirme hacer eso y nos dio información diagnóstico muy importante. Entonces, ¿cómo ves, pues? ¿Me pueden curar o seguimos con estas pendejadas? Bueno, pues hay muchísimas etologías posibles para el dolor abdominal o del estómago, pero en su caso, con esta historia y su examen físico, yo creo que la causa más probable se llama apendicitis. Ah, sí, no me dices, pues no me di cuenta. Eso es sarcasmo, ¿verdad? Claro, parece que no necesitamos esa pinche chingadera para traducir. Ok, entonces usted, señora, ¿usted sabe qué es apendicitis? 
sí, el apéndice es parte del intestino con forma de dedo y la apendicitis es cuando el apéndice se infecta y se inflama. Bueno, pues bien dicho, yo mismo no, no lo podría haber dicho mejor. Uh, entonces, para confirmar este diagnóstico, vamos a hacer un ultrasonido y unas pruebas de sangre. ¿Qué te sí. parece? Sí, está bien. Me parece bien. Ok. ¿Y qué preguntas tiene? A ver, uh, pues si resulta que sí tengo apendicitis, ¿qué vamos a hacer entonces? Buena pregunta. Uh, el principal tratamiento para apendicitis es cirugía para sacarlo el apendice, ¿no? ¿Cirugía? Sí, hay, hay casos especiales donde solo se utilizan antibióticos, pero la cirugía es, es más definitiva y tiene menos riesgo de repetir el tratamiento. Ah, bueno, ok. Eso sí está bien. Ok, y también vamos a darle antibióticos para tratar y, y prevenir infección y también medicamentos para el dolor y, y náusea uh, y también unos líquidos intravenosos. Mm. Y yo mm. sé que todo está, es, es mucha información. Uh, entonces, ¿qué más preguntas tiene? Ah, todo me parece bien. De hecho, cuando yo regresé de Argentina después de este gran viaje, tengo planes de terminar la escuela de medicina también. Ah, sí, pues, y buena suerte y, y buen viaje también. Gracias, y viva la revolución. <laughs> All right, muy bien. So let's go through that dialogue. We break it down line by line. Adrian can explain why he was messing with me like that. Um... <laughs> All right, so here's the case. We have a 16-year-old male que presenta con dolor de estómago, so who's presenting with stomach pain or abdominal pain. And We, it was a good practice, Adrian. Uh, I, you caught me off guard with the age numbers again. So DSC-6 <laughs> is 16. And another thing that sometimes is confusing can be that in Spanish, you say, I have 16 years. So like, if you asked him how old he was, he would say, yo tengo DSC-6 años, right? It's not, yeah. I am. You don't say yeah. like, soy DSC-6. Uh-huh, yeah. Another All reason right. that I confuse myself. But okay, continue. Let's, <laughs> let's go through it line by line. Yeah, so we started out, good greeting. Yo me llamo Esteban. So my name is blank, buenos dias, good good morning, soy estudiante de medicina, all the stuff we've already covered before. And then you did a really good job at kind of establishing who the patient is. Usted es el señor Ernesto Rafael Guevara de la Serna. Yeah, and uh, I think it's funny. So you gave me a tough number and then you gave me a long name. But to be fair, like that, that is hard. I've had patients on Epic where there's like 10 different names and I don't know what to call them. I'm not yeah. sure what to search yeah. if I'm looking for them. Does that make sense? Can you explain to us the, the names in Spanish or is there not a good explanation? I honestly have no idea. I think there's something that's kind of kept on by some families. I think it's more of a traditional like Spain, a mm. European thing. My family specifically, we don't do that. I mean, I just have one last name and mom just has one. But one of the things about this is really hard because like on Epic, what you're going to see is the names don't always get put in the right space because you have a spot for first name, last yeah. name, and maybe a name. middle initial. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I have no idea. And I feel like it's very variable, like who still hangs on to all these. I don't even know what like de la serna means. Yeah. And I guess, would it be fair to say that a rule of thumb? So th this gentleman's name, for example, Ernesto Rafael Guevara de la Serna. So Ernesto is his first name. Goes mm -hmm. by Che. Rafael, we could call his middle name. 
Yeah. And then yeah. Guavara would be, I guess, if it's traditional in Spain, Guavara would be the father's last name. So that would be his mm -hmm. last name. And then De La Serna is like of the mother's side. So of the mother's last name. Oh, okay. According to according to older Spanish tradition, but again, okay. I don't I I don't think that holds up in the fact that yeah. it sounds like you're saying it's pretty variable. Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't even know if we were going to follow this. So I'd be Adrián Joel de León de la Guayo. That's weird. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> good. So maybe just a good, you know, que prefiere que se llama? Or mm -hmm. what do you prefer to be called? Maybe just yeah, ask yeah. him. Here he made it easy on me. Me llaman Che. Like mis yeah. amigos me llaman Che. My friends yeah. call me Che. So that's yep. great. Yeah. And then you said, cool. Mucho gusto. Nice to meet you. Igualmente, equally. And then you started off the way we've been trying to make sure that we tell our audience to begin. Antes de empezar, usted prefiere hablar inglés o en español. So before we get started, do you prefer to speak English or Spanish? And this is when I knew that you were starting to mess with me and the name made sense, you know, you said, <laughs> prefiero hablar en la lengua de la madre patria, like the, the motherland or the mother mm -hmm. language. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm seeing that Ernesto Guevara is Che Guevara and you are giving <laughs> me a funny, I was like, are we doing HIPAA violations here? This is a very specific <laughs> name. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you said, okay, very well. Para que usted sabe, just so you know, y supongo que ya sabes, and I assume you already know. <laughs> Mi español está muy limitado. My Spanish is very limited. Entonces, en caso de que no podríamos entendernos, so in the instance that we aren't able to understand each other, hay acceso a una de las maquinitas de traducir. We have access to one of the machines to translate. Yeah, and I, that is something I'll just throw it. You know, if I come in the room and I'm already mumbling with my Spanish, <laughs> I, sometimes I just try to make a self-deprecating joke and I'll just, you know, like here I was like, <laughs> usually I would just say, para que usted sabe, mi español está muy limitado. Like my mm -hmm. Spanish is limited. But since I'd already, if I'd already messed up, I'd be like, para que usted sabe y supongo que ya sabes, I, <laughs> I suppose you already know. And my Spanish isn't very good. So I'm glad that nice. that made sense. Maybe nice. I got a laugh out of this little young Che Guevara. <laughs> <laughs> and la, 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 la máquina de traducir again the yeah. translating machine yep yep okay and then to that you replied entiendo i understand mejor que hablaremos cara y cara like face to face i prefer it's better that we speak face to face porque yo no confío en las pinches máquinas like i don't try in those damn machines mm. we could probably touch on pinches at another time but it means yeah, like yeah, those well, damn machines it's like in our yeah. last episode the maldita warfarina uh -huh. right the damn uh -huh. warfarin yep pinches machinas the damn machines so he doesn't trust no confío in las pinches machinas he doesn't trust in the damn machines ni en los teléfonos so maybe che is a little bit paranoid here he doesn't trust in the machines or the telephones <laughs> yeah yeah and then you're like uh, okay como se quiera whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> that's then, it that's a good one that's like a line from um the princess bride you know as you wish yeah. <laughs> as you wish exactly uh and then yeah we went into basically starting the hpi mm -hmm. so entonces en que le podemos ayudar so then how can we help you and and that's kind of the one i start i know you have you like to ask que esta pasando mm -hmm. or is there any other way you like to say that or no, I, I like that one. Or, or ¿Por qué llegaste al hospital? I guess, like, why'd you okay. come to the hospital? I guess it just depends on the scenario. We'll try to keep mixing it up and giving yeah. different um, ways to say things. So. For sure. So, ¿en qué le podemos ayudar? Is what I ask him. And he says, mm -hmm. bueno, hace dos días, for two days, 
yo he tenido, I have had este dolor del estómago. I've had two days of this stomach pain. Mm-hmm. In which you started really re- trying to hone in on that. ¿Y dónde está exactamente el dolor? Mm-hmm. So, ¿y dónde está? So, where is exactamente el dolor? Exactly the pain located. It's important. I think we've hit on this before, but abdominal pain, especially, right? Like that's the first question I ask. Like I don't start going through the OPQRST. I'm just like, show me it because that is the the hypothesis driven HPI, right? I'm in my head. I start to break up abdominal pain by quadrants. And yeah, so absolutely. I want him to show me the quadrant that it's in. And if it's upper right, I'm thinking liver, biliary stuff, mm-hmm. lower right. Like it is in this case, you know, cause he points to La cuadra derecha y inferior, like the yep, lower yep. right quadrant. Now in a young male, I'm already thinking appendicitis, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then you ask that the cuadra derecha y inferior, so the lower right quadrant. And then... He uh, started giving me a little sass at this point, right? Or at least not sass. I shouldn't say that. He's in abdominal pain. Yeah, says, yeah. You know, por favor, no lo toques. Don't, don't yeah. touch it. Yeah, please don't touch it. So then you did a good thing of agenda setting in my, in my opinion. So you said, okay, ahorita no lo tocaré. So right now I'm not going to touch it, but un momentito in a little bit or in a, in a small moment, tengo que examinarlo. I'm going to have to examine you. Mm-hmm. Y le prometeo que lo haré con mucho cuidado. And I promise that I'll be very careful. And then you asked if that was okay. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, si esta bien. Mm-hmm. And then you, you thanked him. And then he, you also reassured that we were going to give the patient some pain medication. So, y claro que vamos a darle medicamento para el dolor. Y claro que vamos, and for sure we we're going to give you darle medicamento para el dolor. Medication for the pain. Mm-hmm. Pero primero tenemos, but first we que investigar we have to investigate qué está causando este dolor. What is causing this pain? And I, you know, I, there's probably better ways to to say that, right? But I was I was caught off guard a little bit. You know, he doesn't want me to touch him. I want to mm-hmm. reassure mm-hmm. him that we're going to treat his pain. But first, we have to do some in, investigating into what's causing it. Yeah. Um, and I I think that's a debunked myth that you don't treat pain until after you examine the patient. I think they've done a lot of things that show that that is just kind of cruel, but right. I've used it as a way to be like, okay, we need to go through some things, but we're definitely going to treat you. I need to examine it. I know it hurts. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but well, no, but in I, this case it worked. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's great. You're giving him that reassuring, you know, statement that don't worry, we're going to treat your pain, but first we got to do this examine. So it, it helps kind of keep things moving along. Okay. And then you said, uh, me parece que el dolor. So it looks to me like the pain Es peor cuando se mueve. Is worse when you're moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me parece like is it, I'm observing. It appears to me. Me parece que el dolor es peor. It appears to me that the pain is worse when you move. And he was like, "See, sí, el viaje al hospital fue terrible. Right, the trip into the hospital was awful. And that's that's a common thing you see with mm-hmm. either." <laughs> peritonitis in general or dot like appendicitis is yeah. the every they feel every bump on the road on the way in because they don't want to move every time it bumps it's just rubbing the that those plural together and causing worsening of the pain so that's a classic line that people say yeah yeah that's that's pretty indicative of some kind of like peritoneal pain and then you went into validating si me, me imagino yeah i imagine so 
And then you asked, ¿Y me puede describir cómo se siente el dolor? Can you describe to me what the pain feels like? Mm -hmm. And he replied, al principio, so like initially, solo tenía estos calambres. So I only had these like cramps, calambres mm -hmm. en el estómago. So initially just had some crampy stomach pain, como colico, like, like colic, pero ahora, but now el dolor es más constante y agudo. Now the pain is more constant and sharp. Mm -hmm. And you acknowledge with, okay, entiendo. And then you asked, y ha cambiado también el lugar del dolor. And has the location of the pain also changed? Yeah, just trying to confirm, right? So it's the mm -hmm. the 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 type of pain went from crampy and colicky into sharp and constant. So I was, right, you know, is right. the, did it move also? And he's like, pues sí, el dolor empezó. The pain started aquí, por mm -hmm. arriba, like up here, con calambres, with crampiness. Pero después, but after, se movió abajo y a la derecha. It moved down and to the right. Mm-hmm. And then you astutely asked, el dolor se irradia a otra parte del cuerpo. So does the pain radiate to any other part of the body? Como la espalda o inguinal? Like to the inguinal region or to the back? Yeah. And I think just to explain the, I, most people probably get this clinical reasoning here, right? Like mm -hmm, we're describing mm -hmm. the classic appendicitis pain. It starts mm -hmm. as this vague middle umbilical pain, maybe crampiness mm -hmm. or intermittent. And then as it gets worse and the inflammation worsens, it moves, it migrates down to that. What is it? McBurney's point or something in that right lower quadrant. Mm -hmm. And so the, the pain also changes. And so this question right here, does it radiate to any other part like the back or the, the groin? This is in my head. I'm checking off, you know, if it radiates to the back, maybe I'm more worried about like pancreatitis or mm -hmm. I don't know, like a triple A if it was an older person mm -hmm. or inguinal pain, which would be like more of like either testicular pain or right. kidney stone pain. That's the classic yeah. radiates to the yeah. groin. Totally. Yep. And he's like, nope, doesn't radiate anywhere. Solo aquí mismo. Just, just right here. Mm -hmm. And then you rounded it out. Okay. Tiene algunos otros síntomas. Do you have any other symptoms? Como nausea, like nausea, diarrhea, diarrhea, estreñimiento. I don't know what the fuck that is. Constipation. Oh, okay. Constipación. I don't know. How would you say that? I would say constipación. But really? I okay. I would, but I, I don't know if that's a real thing. Let's go with estreñimiento. I, I think we should just leave that in there. Maybe. Yeah. Because that that's like what all the medical textbooks say is yeah. but yeah. you're let's saying leave that it in there. is like okay. Dude, another no, weird medical word. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. I guess straining, like you're straining when you poop. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Estreñimiento, which means constipation, or dolor al orinar or defacar, or pain with urination or defecation. Mm -hmm. And he's like, pues sí, yes, tengo nausea y de hecho. I have nausea and de hecho is a good phrase. It means in fact. So as he's mm -hmm. saying this, he's like, y de hecho, in fact, yo vomité este mañana. I did vomit this morning. Yeah. To which you also followed up with a good, really great follow-up question. No fue sangre en el vomito, verdad? Which is kind of a leading question. And we try to avoid these, <laughs> but it was, it was well done. And, and you just asked. So no fue sangre. There wasn't any blood en el vomito, verdad? In the vomit, correct? Right. And he's like, no, no, it was fine. And then I just kept going through some more review systems, HPI questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you, you asked, ¿se puede comer y beber? 
And so that's, se puede comer, can you eat, y beber, and drink? Yeah. Quick question of clarification. So I know that the classic comer y beber is what they teach you to eat and drink. I know with alcohol, we say tomar alcohol or tomar cervezas. Does it matter, beber, tomar? Do you usually say tomar just for alcohol or? I really do just use tomar for alcohol. Yeah. I don't really know why that is. But yeah, for sure it's it's beber, bebidas. And when it's alcohol, it's, it's yeah, tomar. It's a different kind of drinking when you're drinking yeah, alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, so that's funny. I've never, know. I've never made that connection, but it totally is. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And then he replied, no he comido nada. Like I haven't eaten anything desde anteayer, the day before yesterday. So ayer yep. is yesterday. Anteayer is yeah. the day before yesterday due to his nausea. Y tampoco uh -huh. beber. So I also can't drink. Yep. And then he said, que lastima, what a shame. Usted tiene otros problemas médicos. Do you have any other medical problems? And this is when he really started trying to give me the sass here. He was like, you know, he was like, no, estoy bien sano. And sano is, is healthy. So he's mm -hmm. like, I am very healthy. Bien sano. Mm -hmm. And then you asked, alguna vez en su vida ha tenido cirugía? So you've asked, alguna vez en su vida, any other time in your life, ha tenido cirugía? Have you ever had surgery? Yeah. And I, you know, I'm clarifying this. He just told me he didn't have any medical problems, but when you're talking abdominal pain, maybe not mm -hmm. in this younger population, but as they get older, previous history of abdominal surgery is a huge risk factor for those adhesions that cause small oh, yeah. bowel obstructions and it's crampy intermittent pain. So I was really trying to hammer it down and he goes, no hombre, like, no man, ya te dije, like I already told you tengo buena salud, like I'm a healthy guy. So he's, mm. he's getting a little annoyed with me, which is okay. Fair. <laughs> Maybe in his yeah. mind, it's being repetitive, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, trying to uh, ask the right questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to do your job even when people get annoyed. And then tiene alergias. Do you have allergies? Nope. Usted fuma. Do you smoke or tomas alcohol or do you drink alcohol? There we go. See, I said it. I said toma, even though you yeah. know, I was thinking maybe. So we asked, he doesn't, he doesn't, wasn't able to drink any fluids. He also doesn't doesn't drink alcohol yeah although he replied todos tenemos los vicios everyone has their vices no so he said si fumo los cigarros cubanos i smoke cuban cigars pero no tomo alcohol so he doesn't drink alcohol mm -hmm. and then you understood entendido y hay alguien más que está enfermo is there anyone else that's sick como familia o amigos like friends or family yeah, maybe it's like a food poisoning or something. And he, mm -hmm. he understands. That's what I'm asking about. He said, ninguno. So none. Yo no creo que fue algo. I don't think it was anything que comí tampoco. I don't think it was anything that I ate either. Yeah. And then you go into, hay algo que empeora o mejora este dolor. Hay algo, is there anything que empeora that worsens o mejora that makes better este dolor, this pain. Yeah, and he was like, pues todo lo hace peor. Everything makes it worse. Mm -hmm. Cualquier movimiento, any kind of movement, comida, todo. He's like, everything makes it worse. La única cosa que lo mejora, the only thing that improves it, es acostarme sin ningún movimiento. Like, is laying down, acostarme, or me acosto sin ningún movimiento. Laying down, no movement, that's the only thing that makes it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And then you say, entendido, understood. Sin embargo, so regardless, es muy importante que hagamos un examen físico. 
es muy importante, it's very important que hagamos un examen físico, that we do a physical exam. Again, trying to flag post for him that we will eventually have to touch his abdomen, even though he did not want me to, and found out he was still not very happy. <laughs> so he's like, okay, dale. And we've said dale a couple of times. It, I don't even know what it comes from, but it just means like, go ahead, give yeah. it, do it, dale. Yeah, go for it. That's kind of the way I think of dale. So is that from dar then? It's like you give it, dar to give, like dale? Yeah, yeah I think so. Dale is, okay, let's go yeah. ahead, do it. Yeah, yeah, go um, for it is how I look at that one. And then you you thank the patient, gracias, and then you said, a ver, and then you said, ask, me puede levantar la camiseta? Can you lift your shirt? And then you went into Sorry. kind of oscillating lung sounds, um, oscillating, I'm assuming, the the stomach. Or what are you all stating here? Yeah, you're listening for Sometimes that's a, tr a trick that I do when someone who really doesn't want me to touch their stomach is I'll be like, I'm just going to listen with the stethoscope, put it on there. You know, it shouldn't hurt to just gently put the stethoscope on and then slowly push down on the stethoscope as I'm listening. And, ah, you know, it's okay. like, it's, it, I, I'm not really trying to like find anything out, but like if, if they start screaming when I put the stethoscope on, and then they don't really make any difference as I push it down. Yeah. To me, that's like, okay, something different's going on. I try to make, make sense of it, but ah, yeah, okay, that's sort of cool. a trick. I'm like, I'm just going to listen. And then you can slowly put a little bit of pressure and see if that changes anything. Nice. Okay. Good to know that I'm going to keep that one in my toolbox. So yeah, primero voy a escuchar con la etoscopia. So first I'm going to listen with the stethoscope. That's a hard word to say. It really is, yeah. This uh, part, actually, I'd like to know what you think because I I was trying to say I'm going to press gently on the other parts of your body that don't hurt. And I, I is there a better way to say this? So for me, I would probably go into um, primero voy a examen las otras cuadrantes or cuadras mm. donde no hay dolor. Y dime si sientes dolor. That's how I would say it. Hmm. I, I don't know. It, well, it's I, almost, yeah. I don't think I kept looking up like gently and it was either like suavemente, which like suave just sounds too weird, kind of romantic. I'm not going to tell this 16 year old kid that I'm going to suavemente push on his stomach. Mm -hmm. But like, is there a way to say, like, I think I said con cuidado before, or how do you say mm -hmm. I'm going to be gentle, but I'm going to push on these other. Dude, I don't know. I don't think I'd actually even say I'm going to be gentle. <laughs> Why I mean, this, to him? Yeah, I mean this is, this is part of the physical exam. One of the things I learned is like, unfortunately to get a thorough physical exam you're gonna have to put someone in some discomfort and it's likely going to hurt and so I, I try not to use words like i'm gonna lightly press here because your light touch is could set them off still yeah so yeah for me i would say okay le voy a, examin le voy a examinar en las otras cuadras que donde no hay dolor ahorita and then i would just do it and then that's kind of my approach I like that. That's a, that's a good idea. And so yeah. this is, you know, I was trying to be gentle. I was even trying to preface it, but he was like, ah, eso me duele también. So like mm -hmm. that, that hurts too, even though I was pressing on the quadrants that supposedly were not that lower right quadrant mm -hmm. that hurt. Yeah. And so then you said, entonces cuando empujo aquí. So when I push here in la izquierda on the left, también duele en la derecha. It also hurts on the right. Mm -hmm. And and this is, we're just getting at kind of that, I think there's a name for it, but the appendicitis sign that the pushing rebound on the left side also causes, right? I mean, it's, it's pushing on the left side causes pain on the right. 
And then the rebound tenderness is the next one that I did. So I was just really mm -hmm. clarifying, okay, I hear you're in pain, but when I'm pushing on this other side, is the pain on the right side or is it where I'm pushing? And he said the, the right side, which is definitely going to bring us more towards appendicitis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you said, la, la última prueba es que voy a presionar muy suave y lentamente aquí mismo. So I, I think this is okay. You're going to be gentle. You're going to be suave. That one's, that one's so funny to me, like smooth. smooth I wouldn't say that now. Now no. I, hear it. I would not say it. <laughs> so then, yeah, la última prueba es que voy a presionar muy suave y lentamente. So the last test I'm going to do is I'm going to press, and however you want to say it, aquí mismo. So in the most painful spot where he's currently feeling pain. Mm -hmm. And then he was a little bit irritated. Si, eso me duele cabrón. Like that hurts me asshole yeah yeah and then you say yeah pero necesito que me digas si el dolor es peor ahora so i need you to tell me if the pain is worse now con presión with palpation or cuando me quite la mano or when i remove my hand so that would be like a rebound and at least are you ready yeah and that's what i was trying to kind of talk through because Assessing rebound tenderness is actually pretty hard. There, mm -hmm. there already hurts when you're pushing on it, and yep. then you sort of like rapidly let go, and everyone jumps. No one like yeah. that doesn't feel good. So for me, honestly, rebound tenderness is not a super specific sign, mm -hmm. but it's part of it. It's a classic, you know, sign of peritoneal sign or yeah, uh, totally. Tenderness. So and then okay, so yeah, he was still upset with me. He said C, so it did. He did have rebound tenderness. And then when I did it, he's like, ah, carajo, like, damn, carajo is, is basically damn. It's not a super mm -hmm. bad word, yeah. but it's like, ah, caramba is like, darn it. Carajo <laughs> is like, damn it. And yeah. then he's like, si es peor cuando se quite la mano. It's worse when you move your, you move your hand. Mm -hmm. And that's a classic rebound tenderness. And then you went in, gracias por permitirme hacer eso. So thanks for letting me do that. Nos dio información diagnost diagnóstico. Muy importante. That gave us diagnostic information that was very important. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, kind of like, all right, you just put me through the pain. Now what? You know, entonces, mm -hmm. como ves? So, como ves is kind of a, it's like, a, how do you see it? It's, it's like mm -hmm. an informal way of saying, que, que le parece? Like, how does it appear to you? Como ves? How do you see it? Yeah. Me pueden curar? Can you cure me? Or seguimos con las pendejadas? Like, are we going to continue with these? What, how would you translate pendejadas? It's like the, this oh, bullshit. Man, for, so for me, if, if I were to say that, I would be like, ¿Me pueden curar o seguimos con las pendejadas? Are you going to fix me or are we still going to keep fucking around? Fucking around. That, yeah. that's, the, that's the translation. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I do it. Or that's kind of like. What it means so I me. guess we could just, the, Che is giving us a good opportunity to get some real good at la calle Spanish here. So, yeah, here we go. So carajo is damn. Yep. Pendejo, like cabron and pendejo can both kind of mean asshole. Yeah. You know, pick your bad word that you would call yeah. your friend as a, like a, you know, adolescent teenager. Yeah, yeah. And then, so pendejo is asshole. Pendejadas is like asshole things things that yeah. do like yeah, yeah, <laughs> bullshit yeah. or or the, <laughs> we're gonna continue this yeah um, so we apologize if there's kids listening but we will continue we can't speak for shay that's just the the nature of the emergency department yeah yeah i don't know man do it does this mean we have to put like explicit lyric oh no, no warning it's already <laughs> up there i don't oh, think okay. it's the first time <laughs> it doesn't count if it's in, oh wait nope we're translating it does I know. Count. We, we said it in english now now we have to put yeah. the warning 
all, <laughs> all of these medical professional kids are going to start dropping bombs now. <laughs> educating the world <laughs> yeah well i think this is a realistic example of like Absolutely. a young teenager who's in pain and is upset sometimes yeah. you'll get kids in there that are like intoxicated and they're yeah. pretty rude they're you know you have to be nice but you also have to be kind of firm with them as well mm -hmm. yeah absolutely how did i how did i reply to are we gonna are you gonna fix me or are we gonna continue with the bullshit i think i said si vamos a hacer el mejor trabajo que podamos like we're gonna do the best job that we can which yeah. probably is i would probably have to change up my my attitude a little bit and i'd be like yes sir we're doing this yeah but i was in a good mood apparently yeah totally then oh, and then shit. he clarified okay well you're doing the best you can que esta pasando conmigo so mm -hmm. what's going on with me then yeah, and then you went into the, you know, the the filler words that we talked about. Bueno, pues. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then, yeah. Hay muchísimas etiologías. There's many etiologies. Posible para el dolor abdominal. Possible for the abdominal pain. Mm -hmm. Pero en su caso, but in your case, con esta historia y examen físico, with the history with your history and physical exam, yo creo que la causa, I think that the cause más probable se llama appendicitis, is most likely to be called appendicitis or is most likely appendicitis. Mm -hmm. And this is when he went from being a little bit rude to being sarcastic. He gave me the line, uh, si no me dices, no me doy cuenta, like, you know, or me, no me di cuenta, like, oh, if you didn't tell me, si no me dices, if you didn't tell me, no me, do, no me di cuenta, I wouldn't have known, which is yeah, like yeah, very, yeah. Sar very sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, then, you know, as the astute medical student that you are, you picked up on it and you're like, eso es sarcasmo. <laughs> yes, and then he took it one step further, he's like, claro. Parece que no necesitamos. Well, it appears that we won't need esa pinche chingadera para traducir. Like, well, I guess we you're picking up on my sarcasm. It seems like we're not going to need that pinche chingadera, that like freaking thing para traducir. I guess, yeah. man, we're having a bunch of these. So pendejadas is like uh, bullshit things. Chingadera is like that effing thing. Like if you mm -hmm. can't remember the name of something, is that how you would translate it? Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's exactly what it is. That chingadera, yeah. Is that that effing thing? There's a funny sketch where uh, it's actually a stand-up. It's some like Italian guy, and he he has some workers helping him fix his his house or something. And one of the Mexican guys sends him to the store and tells him that he needs one of those like pinche chingaderas. And so he's just like walking around Home Depot asking people like, "Do you know where the chingaderas are?" When in reality, it's just like a vague word for like yeah. that, that freaking thing. Totally. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Well, anyway, so he's yeah. being he's being a rude little kid to me. I'm trying yeah. to keep it cool. Um, yeah, and then you go into usted sabe qué es el appendicitis, and you're, do you know what appendicitis is? And then he actually shows off some pretty impressive medical knowledge. Yeah, uh, he's like, yeah, I know about that. See, el appendice or el append how would you say appendix? Appendice. Ap appendice. Appendice, si el appendice, yeah, the appendix es parte del intestino. It's part of the intestine con forma de dedo, like the shape of a finger, y la appendicitis, and appendicitis, es cuando el appendice, el appendice se infecta y se inflama. So this was a very good explanation of what the appendix is. It's a totally. part, a little finger-shaped thing on the intestine. Appendicitis is inflammation and infection. So yeah. good on him. I guess he yeah. was being sarcastic because he does know. Yeah, and then you're like, wow, well said. 
Yo mismo no lo podría haber dicho mejor. I couldn't have said it better myself. Es bien uh, dicho, like if someone says something good, you can say that. Oh, yeah, bien dicho, well said. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I translate it in my head. I mean, then, entonces, para confirmar este diagnóstico, so in order to confirm this diagnosis, vamos a hacer ultrasonido y unas pruebas de sangre. We're going to do an ultrasound and a couple of blood tests, which, I mean, depending where you're at, it's going to be CT or POCUS, point of care ultrasound. I see you throwing that in there. You're going to whip out your butterfly and, and get to work. I, I, it's in my back pocket. <laughs> and then you a just lot of the time in, with this classic of a history, you yeah. honestly wouldn't even need imaging, but we'd still do it. Maybe you could get a, a cool ultrasound picture. You could, Man, I feel like, case conference. I feel like everyone with like suspected appendicitis, as soon as they roll through the door is going to get like a CT. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, you don't do it with pregnant women. You try no. not to, you try to limit radiation on kids too. Yeah, so, totally. You know, and the, the times are changing. Everyone's got these, right? Yeah. There's yeah. some other blood tests, you know, leukocytosis, it's not great, but if they have it, it could signify yeah. more infected appendix. Yeah. I think people do even inflammatory markers as well. I was actually just looking at that the other day. So they have the likelihood ratios for appendicitis. Ooh, um, okay. It was very interesting because I know we talked about rebound tenderness and stuff. Uh-huh. The most a likelihood ratio of like seven to eight is just right lower quadrant pain. So that first question that I asked, where exactly is the pain basically confirms appendicitis, especially in a young male, you know, we don't have to worry about pregnancy or ovarian things. That's a huge likelihood ratio. Everything else, let's see rebound tenderness. Yeah. One to six of likelihood. Like that's super vague and subjective. The next best one is rigidity or migration of the pain. So this guy didn't have rigidity, but he did have migration from the, you know, belly button down to the right lower quadrant. And yeah, those are the other ones. So really the, the right lower quadrant is all we need to add to the pretest probability in this young male kid yeah. who can't eat. And we could have stopped the history right there and called surgery, but yep. we'll continue. <laughs> um, okay. We're going to do that. We're going to do the ultrasound. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I asked him, te parece? how does how it does appear to you? Yeah. He's like, me parece yeah. bien. Okay, and then ¿qué preguntas tiene? Again, just like letting the patient ask any questions. So what questions do you have? And he, I guess aver is, is also a filler word, but he's like, aver, totally. let's see. This was his question. Si resulta, if it turns out, or if it results, que si tengo appendicitis. So if it results that, yes, I do have appendicitis, que hagamos entonces? What do we, what do, we do then? What's the mm-hmm. treatment? To which you responded, buena pregunta. That's a good question. El principal tratamiento, the, the main treatment, the principal treatment para appendicitis for appendicitis is cirugía para sacarlo. So is surgery to remove el appendice, remove your appendix. Mm-hmm. And he gave me a questionable mm, cirugía. Like, I don't know. I've got a revolución to be fighting. I don't know if I have time for surgery. That's right. That's right. And then you, you mentioned, you know, hay casos especiales. So there are special cases donde solo se utilizan where they only use antibióticos, antibiotics. Pero la cirugía, but surgery, es más definitiva, is the definitive treatment. Y tiene menos riesgo de repetir repetir el tratamiento and you have less risk of having to repeat the treatment yeah you only pull it out once you can only pull it out once and hopefully that's (laughs) it 
there's a lot of data that shows that sometimes that right lower quadrant pain isn't as specific and yeah. maybe we take out too many appendixes, but in some cases, I think it's like, if the pain's been there for over three days or longer, it's almost more chronic. There's a line of thought that says you can just treat with antibiotics and monitor, but mm -hmm. they end up mm -hmm. having to, you know, repetir el tratamiento, like repeat yeah. the treatment or come back yep. for surgery. So, yep. And then, you know, patient just said, bueno, agreed. And then you went into, también vamos a darle antibióticos para tratar. So we're also going to give you antibiotics to treat. La infección, the infection. That's one of those things. It's like with abdominal surgery, you kind of, I mean, every surgeon's like. If you're going to the OR, you're yeah. getting some uh, <laughs> metro or something. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get something. And then you said medicamentos para el dolor, medications for the pain, y nausea, and nausea, y también unos líquidos intravenosos, as well as some intravenous liquid. Which is, is that how you would say it? Flu fluido intravenosus uh, or? Yeah. So if I remember right, I think. IV. Would you just say IV? I, is this I, one of those cases? They won't poner suero. Yeah. I just, okay. I would typically do that. Yeah. Let's see. And then you went into, yo sé que toda esta, que todo eso es mucha información. So I understand that this is a lot of information. Entonces, ¿qué preguntas tiene? So what questions do you have? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, me pare, todo me parece bien. Everything appears good. De hecho, again, in fact, mm -hmm. cuando yo regrese a Argentina, when I return to Argentina, después de este gran viaje, which we now understand that, is, <laughs> you know, after this big trip, gran viaje, tengo planes. I have plans de terminar la escuela de medicina también. So I also have plans to finish medical school which we will talk about in a second, like just yeah, give a little yeah. bit of Che Guevara. It's, he actually did do medical school with some hiatuses in there for like the revolutionary <laughs> trips, yeah. but that was pretty much it, right? You know, I was mm -hmm. like, si, sí, pues, buena suerte y buen viaje, good luck uh -huh, and good trip. Uh -huh. And he was like, yeah, viva la revolución. Yeah. All right. So that's basically it for the medical portion of today's episode. Yeah, and I think we we finally got some good Palakaya phrases in there in this episode, thanks to our, our strange patient, Che. Yeah, totally. And in fact, I think we can finish out the episode by making a quick plug for an excellent movie uh, to get a little bit of history, but mostly for some good Spanish practice, too. Yep, I love this. This is one of the earlier ones I watched. It's called The Motorcycle Diaries in English or Diarios de Motocicleta, like um, in Spanish. And it's it's a Spanish language movie that you can you can have in either English or Spanish. Yeah. It's not uh, available on Netflix, but you can rent or buy it on Amazon for a couple bucks. Uh, it's basically the story of Che Guevara, who, if you don't know, was one of the leaders of the Cuban revolution. He was basically Fidel Castro's right-hand man. Yeah. And as, as we slowly played out in this script, he was actually from Argentina and funny enough, went to medical school at the University of Buenos Aires, but he took time off. I was reading twice during medical school to do these motorcycle trips up through South America. And as the oh, wow. story goes, that's supposedly when he really began to develop his worldview and eventually led him to get involved with Fidel Castro and La Revolución. That's amazing. I mean, are we all allowed to take a year off of med school for a motorcycle trip? Because I'm like down. <laughs> Vamanos, dude. Let's yeah, do yeah. it. But yeah, basically <laughs> the movie is is based on that story. And if you're really about that life, you can read the book too, which is actually a collection of Che's actual notes and journals that he kept during the his motorcycle trips. It's pretty good. Yeah. So we're going to conclude with a quote by Che that includes our two verbs of the day. A ver, 
and tener. The daily double here. This is a good time to include them, right? Like we've used these words so many times in every totally. single episode yep. in many different ways, and they can be very confusing for learners like myself still. I, I, yeah. I get confused sometimes. So essentially, in my gringo mind, haber means to have, but mm -hmm. it's used in a very different way than tener, which also means to have. Yeah. Yeah. So tener means to have as in to like possess, mm -hmm. right? Yo tengo el poder, tú tienes dolor. And it can also be combined with que to signify have to. So like yo tengo que trabajar hoy. I have to work right now. Or usted tiene que comprar algo or hacer algo. So, mm -hmm. and I think in this episode, one of the times we used it was I said, okay, tenemos que hacer un, un examen físico. Or I think I said, mm -hmm. tengo que hacer. I have to mm -hmm. do a physical exam. Yeah, um, exactly. And so, tener is, is commonly used to, to signify like you having possession or me having something. And if you put que after tener, it means you have to do something. Tienes que hacer algo. Meanwhile, haber is like usually used in conjunction with other verbs to signify either something that has been completed in the past or will be completed in the future or exists presently. But there's less of the like possession involved in it. So mm -hmm, here we'll mm -hmm. give, I'll, I'll give the quote by, by Che and then you can sort of break it down. But he famously said, si no hay café para todos, no abra para nadie. Yeah, so I is the present tense form of haber, there is, with a silent H. So he says, si no hay café para todos, if there isn't café for everyone, no habrá para nadie. And habrá is the future tense of haber. So there isn't coffee for everyone presently, then there won't be café for anyone in the future. Yeah. And another common use of, of the present tense of, of haber, I, is also like tener to put a K after it. And so you can right. say a statement like there is something to do, right? So hay que lavar los platos, like the dishes have to be washed, right? It's different mm -hmm. saying than like, Adrian, tienes que lavar los platos, like you have to wash the dishes. It's more of an observation without mm -hmm. possession that implies very matter-of-factly that the dishes have to be washed. Hay que yeah. lavar los platos. Yeah, yeah. And finally, we can use haber and tener together to talk about the past. Like, I have had this pain for three days. Yo he tenido este dolor hace tres días. Right. And that's the one, I think probably the most common way that we've used this is mm -hmm. like, tu has hecho algo malo. Like, you've done something bad. Mm -hmm. um, or si, yo he tenido, I have had this. Nosotros hemos tomado todas las cervezas, right? We have drank all of the beers. And, you know, we're getting to the end and we'll, we'll put up some examples, but I guess we could say, tenemos que terminar este episodio, right? We have to end, we have to end this episode. Yeah. Uh, si no hay más tiempo y no hay más cervezas. <laughs> right? They're, you're just matter-of-factly saying it. You're not saying, Esteban, tienes que comprar los cervezas. You're just like, mm -hmm. ah. No hay, no hay más cervezas. Yeah. Entonces, hay que comprar más cervezas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. We're done. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. We appreciate the support and the feedback. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a review if you like what you hear. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Los Vatos Medicos, uh, on Twitter at Los Vatos Medicos. And then you can also email us losvatosmedicos at gmail.com.
That's all for today. Nos vemos y chao. All right. Hasta la próxima.